0: Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years in growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now
1: your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. I heard somebody say a really fascinating um, spin on your name, Wiedendorsky. Somewhere during the show, I'll try to repronounce it for you. But wow, is it a stretch? Listen, folks, this is a special show for us. It is the 10th anniversary episode of the show. So we certainly want to touch on what's important in the news. But bear with us because throughout the show, we're probably going to kick around some of the high points and memories of the show. Um, And listen, before we dive into that, I got I got to start with a bit of of news. Miles, tell me what your opinion is of President Biden uh, drawing down on the uh, strategic oil reserves again three weeks before midterms.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a political move to um, try to influence the price of gas before the um, midterms. It's just. What is it? It's
1: it's at the lowest point it's been in forty years. Exactly right. Because this is this is his second time to draw on it, and it used to be where, in fact, we've done episodes where we've talked about the strategic oil reserves and had to do research to find. G. W. Bush drew down once. You couldn't. There's no example of a president doing it twice inside the first half. Of his term. There's zero example of it. Um, and I'm not convinced, by the way, guys, I say to both of you that this will have a positive impact on independent voters. I think most folks, by the way, across the spectrum are pretty smart people. Just because we disagree on some policy issues does not, it's not a statement against them. We just disagree. And I think most honest, intellectually honest people are going to step back from that and go, really? That is not how you win midterms. That National Strategic Oil Reserve is not your campaign fund. Am I overstating it, Ludwig? What say you?
0: No, but you're also being under the assumption that people will correlate their cheaper gas price with the uh, release of this, because that would mean that they'd actually have to know that's why it came down. And if, if you remember this... It, it started to bring it down, and then we cut it off. Right. And prices started going back up, and now we're going to cut it, start giving it out again to cut it down for two weeks. It's kind of like him going to Saudi Arabia and saying, please, only drill for two more months. That's all I need. I just need you to do it for two more months, and then you can stop drilling
1: again. You think that's it? That's what he did. Listen, I, I think I can clarify a mistake that Miles and I made this is one of those things miles where you and i have an opportunity to fix our error god you and i discussed at one point getting rid of ludwig and replacing him with sarah i think that would have probably been a brilliant move (laughs) what say what say you i sarah (laughs) sarah what's your opinion should we have done that
3: I think we should, probably should
0: have tried it with myself, Miles, and Ludwig. There, wow! Yeah, I like that without your dad.
3: <laughs>
1: wow! Can't <laughs> lose the star. That was a great idea. I wow. like that. I'm, suddenly, I'm right in the deep end there, Miles <laughs> When you when don't, you don't
0: get two Xenials together, we will destroy you, boomers.
1: That's Xanax generation. <laughs> so when you when you think you're with the allies and you're getting, uh, it's a tough one. Sarah, and tell me something. I don't know if you define yourself as—I say this tongue in cheek, by the way—left, right, or independent. But what say you on the oil reserves? Before we jump into a couple show memories,
3: uh, I think that just like many other things that are happening, there's a there's a bigger picture going on that we're not privy to. There's there's a, there's a
1: reason he's doing what he's doing. I yeah, I, I'm listen, I'm, and you you're probably correct. I personally believe, oh, brother, I think it's campaign, uh, a campaign stunt. That's my view of it. Um, And I think, Miles, putting words in your mouth, is that how you see it, Miles Bauer? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And Ludwig is probably on both sides of that issue. Miles, (laughs) I got to tell you, him and I were just recently standing in a restaurant and paying the bill at at the cash register They know how they've always got knickknacks and stuffed animals that you can buy. I look around, and there's this big, tall, see-through, transparent container filled with squishies. And I said, oh, if Miles was here, you'd be leaving with pockets full of those Mr. (laughs) Mr. Squishy toys. That's
0: (laughs) Uh, I thought this was like a 10th anniversary show. We're going to be nice and stop the bullying.
1: I never said anything about, no, this is teasing. Not bullying. Sarah, is it not bullying? Uh, it's
3: definitely bullying. You think it's just for the campaign, though? I think there's more to it than that.
1: I About the, the bullying part or the oil? They yeah, have probably both. <laughs> I don't know. Sarah, have you got any hints before we dive into the show? What uh, What would you think if it's not just the campaign midterms?
3: Well, I don't know if you're preventing us from drilling our own oil, pushing electric vehicles that you're not even helping to produce and uh, getting rid of our reserves. It just seems like there's more to it than just campaigning.
1: Uh, you know, there might be, but I got to tell you, maybe I'm all wet here, but I see the cam- the electric vehicle phenomenon as just more of the same campaign. I get that they're trying, to, to my point of view, at least my view, is that they're still trying to gin up and keep on board the environmental wacko group. I say that as respectfully as it can be said. But when I, and I'm, listen, I'm an old car guy. So when I look at history, and 1% of the market in the year 1900 was about electric vehicles, and then I look at the year 2022, and exactly 1% (laughs) is invested in the electric car market, and yet, everywhere we look, that's all we see and hear. Folks don't want those dumb things. They don't make any sense yet. And that, that's how I see it. Sarah, listen, while we've got you, you've been on and off for folks that, are, that follow the show. You've been on and off as our co-host, often replacing Ludd when he was on one of his perpetual vacations. But any high points to the show that you want to point out while we've got you on here? I think every show is a high
3: point, but I've always wanted to do a show with Lud. So this is a this is a monumental show. This is the high
1: point for me. Wow! There you go, Lud. I
0: told you I am the show.
1: How much did you pay her?
0: <laughs> I, I didn't pay her anything, but you know, listen. When you're this fantastic, so, it just wears off.
1: So listen, you you forced me to tell a different daughter story. So I go back to Renegade River. Back in the days when I had a sporting goods store, and every time I'd get off the air, I'd go back to the shop. The other daughter would say, Why do you keep him on there? And one day I walked in and she goes, I get it now. What do you mean you get it? I know why you keep him. He's your Chum Lee. <laughs> I
0: wish I had the money Chum Lee
1: had. <laughs> uh, and I, I think the guy from one of the congressional teams who said very affectionately, Every organization has a fall guy, and Ludwig as you guys is you guys's.
0: Yeah, it's me. But you're getting old, so you might be the fall guy
1: soon. <laughs> yeah, probably sooner than I, than I can imagine. Uh, listen, I've had a, Miles. You've been on here what six years now. Yeah, we're down to we're down to like thirty seconds. But when we come back from break, I'm wanting to run through some of the best and worst case scenarios of the show for memory lane. That ought to be fun to take a few minutes to. Uh, to do that sir i'm hoping you'll stay with us through the commercial break because it'll be it'll be kind of fun i think so folks stay with us
0: listen i'm gonna need you to slow down a little bit though because i can't get in to defend myself in this high speed talking you're doing and i have a list here of things i have to go back and reiterate
1: we'll start with one
0: um but why would you get
1: rid of me i am the show miles are you listening to him say that 6 years of you being on here have you ever seen a point where that was the case no not nah, all right listen now we've really got to go to that break i was promising stay with us folks and we will be right back All right, folks. During break, Ludwig is chomping at the bit to drive the bus. Go ahead, Lud.
0: All right. Does this does this sound familiar? Uh, all right, we got to go to break.
1: Yep. Two minutes. Oh, yep. We, we got two more minutes. You don't understand. That's why I did that because I knew you'd bring that story up. <laughs> That's exactly why I did it at the thirty second mark. Go ahead.
0: So one of one of the least intriguing interviews in the, the show's history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my perpetual vacation, as you called it, I called it work because I was actually teaching classes during that time. Uh, vacation, you work me. Uh, you tried to end the segment two minutes early on the interviewee. So, it's so, listen, bad.
1: folks, and listen, folks. You got to understand. Back in the first half of our ten years, roughly, pr- approximately, this show we did a lot of interviews. In fact, I'll go over some of the names during this episode. Um, some were were really big delights for me personally, um, and I think Miles, you would agree on a couple of them. And but one of them, not every interview is you know is is a you know like Nadia Comaneci with a row of tens. Not every one of them is perfect. And the one you're referring to, it was a lot of work. I don't know if you ever had to interview somebody live, but it was a lot of work. So I thought, we must be out of time. I'm going to break. We're going to break. Well, then Brian Thomas, our old board operator and producer, oh, no, you've got two minutes left. Well, folks, I'm telling you, two minutes in radio is a long time. When you're out of gas, and I was out of gas.
0: You were out of gas five minutes before that even.
1: I was out of gas when I said, welcome. (laughs) It was an interview I didn't want to do. It was really terrible. So Brian Thomas kept me <laughs> kept me going.
0: He didn't get, keep you out of the gutter. He picked no, you up out
1: of it. I'm thinking, wow. Now, this was before we were syndicated. And so back then, you could have some a little bit of control over the time clock. Now everything is very, very locked in. You got to go when it's going. It's heartbreaking, all those terms you folks have been hearing. But back then, I thought, I got two minutes of slop. <laughs> no, no. no. So now I got to stare at this fella for two full minutes, it's, Aye. Yeah, thanks for the memory. Anything else before we move to somebody with some sense?
0: Oh, I I, I remember the uh, Jim Riley shirt.
1: Tell me about the, the Jim airplane Riley shirt. shirt.
0: Uh, in fact, you sent me the memory a few weeks ago when we were going over some old shows just trying to
1: discuss. Preparing for this show.
0: Th- yeah, and discussing, you know, format and things that we do. And, and it was the show with him wearing that shirt.
1: What's wrong with that shirt? You wouldn't let it
0: go for an hour.
1: Me? Oh, no, no, don't go there, because I re-watched that show. It was And bad. it was you. Hi, but- guys. Ten years on the air. Congratulations.
2: And you're still blasting truth, justice, and the American way to those vacuum-brained Dems, rhinos, and moron moderates, all so desperately in need of the tiny driblets of intellectual gold you guys occasionally bring to the air. But enough about you. Let's talk airplane shirt chic. My short snippet on your video years ago created a massive grassroots demand for Jim's mother-made airplane shirts. We're having a pre-election sale on all the shirts you need. And remember from the glory days of Warren Harding, Herbert Hoover, and Ronald Reagan, all made from recycled curtains and 1950s bedsheets. These shirts will dazzle the gals in your life and your boss. Our website, Shirts.org, has operators waiting for your call right now. And that means you, Von Wheaton Shickle
1: Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in this game, that was checkmate. I just uh, ordered 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now listen, I, I got to tell you, folks, that voice you just heard was Jim Riley. Jim was my first co-host. In fact, there was a period of time when it was... Jim Riley Ludwig and me and then Jim went off to his own show and and uh, he's remained a friend throughout the years and uh, so I I facebook messaged him I said I have a feeling that Ludwig is going to try to take you to school on your shirt he said I'll fix that he's off doing a, some kind of walk uh, like a uh, he's leading a group of hikers so he physically couldn't be here, but he sent that message because, <laughs> what was his name? Can you pronounce the name he gave you? God. Nah. <laughs> that boy's got a terrible imagination. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's that. Now, Miles Bauer, when you first came on the show, do you remember the first time you were on? I think it was right around in the, in the middle of Cruz v. Trump. It, it was very early in that cycle. And listen, yeah. the fun part the fun part about that folks is is that now Miles, you and I have known each other since what seventy six or seven? So, Seventy-six, yeah. So we've known each other a while. But as in the course of life, you got married, I got married, went in direct different directions. There was a, a few years where we didn't speak, and then when we finally had a first conversation after those years, it was live on the radio. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I remember sitting there listening to your voice going yeah, Jeepers, I think that Spock, his nickname, folks. That was fun stuff. That we was, didn't even
0: know he was coming on.
1: No. I was also, good, Jim
0: and I were like, Who's this guy? That
1: was good radio. I, I really liked it. So Sarah, I don't know how long we can keep you up, so I wanna I wanna spin back to you before we run out of your schedule. Um what you've watched the show develop from the very beginning when it was the Renegade River Show, wow! Has it changed through the years? Um, in general, you like it. You know, are you. Tell me, we got to get you on more often, whether you like it or not. By the way, absolutely. Yeah, I love
3: how you guys uh, dive deep into the uh, topics and uh, live debate. It's what everybody wants to hear.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what Miles was getting at because back during the. 2016 Republican primary, what was I, Miles Bauer? You were a cruiser, (laughs) and (laughs) we all
3: forgave you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you were a Trump publican, I was a cruiser. Listen, all jokes aside, folks, those debates that Miles, you that you and I had, I think I think that really, really represented the uh, our side of the divide. Um, right. During the primary, I think, and, and, led, it, and this is when we started calling you squishy because he, <laughs> he could pick every side of every debate we had. Yeah, that's and, called pragmatic. No, it's called putting your finger in the wind to see which way might best serve you. No, no Mike, I mean, he, he was a cruiser and a trumper
2: at the same at time. At the same
0: time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, What's wrong with that? He, he thought that he was. should have been
0: the ticket, Trump he,
1: cruise. He, <laughs> he,
3: <laughs> Amen to that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> boy, that would have been that would have been quite a quite um an event. And we might have saved
0: the beard that crews decide to grow.
1: Um, <laughs> listen, I this is a coincidence, but that's about when I grew my beard. I'd have to go back to see which one of us grew their beards first. Uh, for me though listen the the uh, show has went through an evolution, started with Oscar uh, as our board operator producer. Oscar Osbo remains a, a friend. In fact, I got to talk to him this week about maybe doing some Roku work for the show. Um, Brian Thomas and now Jared, who's holding me up a sign of time.
0: I, lo- I but this is get this straight. I like Jared the best.
1: I'm gonna tell Brian Thomas
0: you do that because Jared's got my back.
1: Did you ever <laughs> did you see when he's defending you? He's doing it with a big grin on his face. I don't right? care
0: how you have to do it as long as you're doing it. <laughs> You can grit your, grin and grit your teeth, as long as you're on my side. I don't care. Luke, Is this the
3: generational it? divine?
0: I think so. He's even younger than us.
1: I think day. he just feels bad
0: for you. No, he's the new genial. No, no, millennial. He's a millennial. So he has compassion. <laughs>
1: Are you <laughs> saying maybe that? Not too much. <laughs> Where'd we get him at, Miles? Lordy, lordy, lordy. <laughs> you started out as the time guy. I That's did. how you got on this show. I
0: did. Then I started out. Then I went to the back room where I had to scream phone calls. We
1: were taking a lot of phone calls back then. Yeah, that was one of the areas areas we went through. We put him in a separate studio, which makes a lot of sense. With a still. door that had
0: to stay closed.
1: Keep him in there and shut the door. <laughs> it was <laughs> like a closet. We forget he was there. It was great radio.
0: <laughs> it was. It was not fun. <laughs> I would be sending you messages like, "Hey, say this, say
2: that." Oh, it was and terrible. Hey, Mike. Re- remind us all how Lou drives when you guys were driving to the station. Oh, it
1: was it was terrible. Listen, we've got to go to a break, but when we come back, we'll talk about him coming in hot. Be right back. <laughs> Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt. Co hosts Miles Bauer, Ludwig von Wiedendorsky, and Sarah Jones. Um, Listen, before we jump back into the show part, I got to take a moment to say, like I always say at this part if you've got questions, comments, wish we talk about, think we're wrong on something, like what we said, send me an email at mike at the mikehewittshow.com. Find us on Facebook for The Mike Hewitt Show. But listen, while I'm there, let me also add that Ludwig, you've got us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yep. And the 60-second feature that I do every week, i um, been doing it for, I can't remember, six or seven years now. Um, that's also on TikTok. And I'm still learning TikTok. I'm the guy that's controlling that, so... If it, don't, if it doesn't look right, you can blame everything else on Ludwig, but that one's me.
0: You know, you've been asking me how you blow it up. I think you should get one of these dances that are going viral, and you should do it. The dance? Yeah, whatever the newest dance craze <sighs> is, you should tape yourself doing it.
1: Have you got that 60-second spot? Mike Hewitt here. Let's get beyond the campaign rhetoric and the D's versus R's battle. Let's ask what the choice actually means to us. The left advocates a strong authoritarian central government and economic socialism. The right supports a limited constitutional government and economic liberty for all. The left is concerned with your vote, not your future. If you're not making it, they'll take from others to feed you, but to them it's about glomming power, and it has absolutely nothing to do with your success or failure. The right wants equal opportunity for everyone. Invest in yourself, build yourself a future by increasing your experience, knowledge, and value. How to decide which of these two paths is best for you? If you think government is smarter than you, if you don't believe in yourself, vote for the leftists. But if you want opportunity, a fair chance to work hard and prosper, to see your children and grandchildren have bright futures, vote right. Is it really that simple? Yes. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple. So listen, I played that. That's, for, for me, kind of a fun thing. Um, again, that airs on TikTok every week. It's, it's on the Facebook uh, page and Instagram, et cetera. But, Miles, when we went to a break, I wanted to, I, I, I mentioned then to jump to your to your list. Um, go ahead, Miles Bauer. Tell us about your list of memories.
2: Okay, well, a couple of them we have already traveled through with uh, Lou driving on both sides of the road. He's terrible. Screwed. He is a terrible driver. And then another one, we already covered the Cruz v. Trump days between (laughs) you and me. Yep. But one of my my favorites is when when Lude began telling us about how middle-aged women were crazy. White
1: women. Yes. He did say that. And, folks, I had to immediately offer a disclaimer that that was Ludwig... And not the Mike Hewitt show, Miles or me. So Sarah. I could not believe when he said that, and, see, and
2: he just kept going on with it. And he still New defends it. Middle-aged white women do
0: drive
1: all the narratives. Am I right, Sarah? She's not middle-aged. How will she know?
2: Yeah,
0: I, unfortunately,
3: I'm going to have to agree with Ludwig on this. One. Boom! <laughs> you
0: guys are outnumbered, boomers. <laughs> I'm feeling good about this 10th anniversary. Are you? Yeah, I won't look forward to next week, but this week I'm feeling good.
1: <laughs> oh, man. What else is on your list, Miles Bauer?
2: Then um, something he just re- referred to uh, any of Lude's comments where the problems of the world are blamed on you and
1: me or the boomers. Right. So he's got an absolute train wreck of a life, and it's our fault gas prices our fault well yeah inflation our fault who put who put Biden in the office the, example, the boomers the example I've been using for the last six years actually watch, that was middle-aged women Ludwig white women Lud, yeah. go, Lud goes to the store and it's got a, a 10% off sale on his favorite $400 radio doesn't have four hundred dollars so he puts it on his you know his credit card and pays 30% for it for three years, and he, you could be the government.
0: Yeah, but I'm paying with cheaper money
1: in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, he teaches economics. That's the scary part.
0: <laughs> yeah, not personal finance, economics.
1: So your, your woes are our fault.
0: Well, you know, we are the generation of blame.
1: You, you guys, have, you guys have got that down. Wait, through. does that mean that your children's woes
3: will be our fault?
1: Yeah, I'm dealing with it every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah, sounds like you're losing an ally right now.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to agree with you on that. How this often?
0: One. How often are you blamed for your kids' problems, Sarah?
1: Uh, never.
0: See? You, you have f- a daughter. There's no way she doesn't blame you.
1: She's got a couple daughters, and they're wonderful, I might add. My kids better thank me, not
3: blame
2: me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I agree. Aye, aye, aye.
2: Miles Bower, you got more memories? Oh, yeah. Uh, this one happened a couple of months ago, I think. After yeah. being the lone representative of the throwing the bowling balls yep. at everybody in Washington. I did, do a, I did do a mea culpa. Mr. Hewitt joins me on the uh, committee. I was in shock.
1: Listen, I, I gotta tell you, you and I, I remember that episode really distinctly because I I waffled back and forth. I did my Ludd impersonation on whether I was going to do it or not till I got in front of the microphone. I said I've got to do it, but when I look at thirty trillion in debt, this moron, his latest act of drawing down on the oil. The things that they do. Michigan, with 9 million uh, citizens, 9.6 million roughly, and about 4 million of them work at some level of working, and we've got a $76 billion budget. I'm not Miles, you're the mathematician in the family, but that works out to roughly $7,700 per citizen in total. And I pause and say, did I get $7,700 worth of value if I went to the local, you know, acme store and I spent seventy seven hundred where I would I would I anticipate walking out with a service or a product. I, I and I tell you all that because Miles, your position seemed to have been I put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but that the system was out of whack. And so to try to go down there as a states person, man or woman, and deal with it wasn't gonna happen. You needed somebody to go through bowling balls to, to break it down and rebuild it. Is that accurate?
2: Right,
0: exactly. So I got a question for Sarah. Sarah, have you ever read the book America's Final Beginnings?
3: <laughs> yes, I have. Did you get a free
0: copy or did you have to pay for it?
3: Uh, I ordered it on Amazon. Oh,
0: so you did have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, do you know the author by any chance?
3: I, I I certainly do.
0: Did he ask you to purchase the book and then do an interview with him? No. where's oh.
1: my interview?
0: No, I had to purchase the book to do the interview.
1: Do you remember that? I show? want an interview. I'll give you an interview that we should do that someday, <laughs> and then I'll give you I'll give you the thirty bucks for the book. Hold on. Also, I'm
3: not, I'm not understanding the problem. Wouldn't you want to buy and support the book?
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Do, were you ever claimed to have not actually read the book?
1: As Mister Squishy, it is important to note that he often squishies to the left, not to the right. I
0: read the book. <laughs> we did an interview show on it, and I still claimed I didn't read the book.
3: I am sensing a little purple here, a little right, right down the middle there.
1: You are. Oh yeah. yeah. You're not. Your your friend's right, and I say that compl- complimentary. Ludwig. Are you is, saying she's right of you? Hmm? I should probably right beside me, but Ludd is, is, (laughs) if it's it's valuable to him to be far left, he is. If it's valuable to him to be far right or anywhere else on the spectrum, he serves himself before he does America.
0: I avoid conflict.
1: Uh, Oh, oh. Oh boy. I think Uh, that is the generation, though. He's he's yowsers. I wish I had time before break to talk about the Jackhammer show. Do you guys remember the Jackhammer show? We were up at the top of a building in GO oh, yeah. in a that? studio and it happened that it happened that right as we went live there was a guy hanging down on one of those hanging ladders operating a jackhammer immediately outside our windows. I remember that. And there was nothing we could do about it. It was a live show and there's the jackhammer. Guy. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head but holy smokes that was one of my memory memory shows. Listen, folks, stay with us. We've got one more you're not going to want to miss. I will tell you, everybody, one of my favorite memories of the show was with one of my granddaughters, Elena, who was, I think, roughly at the time, five years old sat in my chair in the studio and did the Pledge of Allegiance uh, was truly and I don't know if it was great radio or not but it was a really great memory for for me personally and Sarah we've had your daughter on my other granddaughter one of my others several times she's how old is is uh, is bananas as I call her how old is she's, she now she's 20 20. And when we when she was on often, she was still in high school, correct? Absolutely, yep. Yep, and listen, it was really great getting her perspective. In fact, we should get her back on because forget the left and the right folks. And, and everyone wants to say the young people are lost. They're not. There are some of them that give me hope for a future. She's one of them. But she had a different perspective rather than the normal left-right perspective. And I learned to respect it and appreciate it. So tell her we got to get her back on. She can help Miles and I straighten out Ludwig. we oh, Will do. <laughs> At any rate, listen, um, Miles, you got more on your list. What else is on your list?
2: Yeah, um, I don't remember what the subject matter was, but you had started one of the shows where you were asking people about could they name any secretary of education? And I said, "Well, wait a minute, Mike. I mean, you and I remember Bill Bennett, who was the Secretary of Education for uh, Reagan. Yep. And then I I remembered the guy in Tennessee, Lamar Thompson. Right. Well, Lou accuses me of Googling that <laughs> and not knowing that right off the
1: top of my head. Right. He's thinking. Thanks, he's thinking. How is it that there's a person that that mu- is that much smarter than me?
0: doesn't happen often.
1: <laughs> uh, but but
2: Mike in in honor of the 10th. Yep. We can't leave the 4th quarter without hearing one of your famous education rants.
1: You know what? I got to tell you. I think I think this time I'm going to actually not go there, but I'll replace it with a with a different topic. Kind of okay. sort of it is about education. I'm just backing into the topic. So this week, the Detroit News, this is a big deal. The Detroit News decided to endorse Tudor Dixon, who is the opponent for the Wicked Witch of the North. Our governor, Governor Whitless, uh, has an opponent, a Republican opponent, um, a, a Trump-endorsed opponent. And the Detroit the Detroit News, I'm not even going to make fun of their name this time, Normally I'd call them snooze, I won't do that. They wrote, not because I agree with the endorsement, they wrote a really great endorsement opinion piece. And what surprised me about it is that they spent a, a fair portion of it reminding voters what what Governor Whitmer took Michigan through during the COVID uh, two-year period. Senior citizens, folks passing away. The whole list of it, um, and I gotta tell you, all jokes aside, I, I renew my respect for, for at least, at least the folks that that generated that article, and I hope that there are people all across America, like for instance, there in Illinois for you, Miles Bauer, where well, you've got the uh, governor breakfast down there that did his crazy lockdowns. Keep it in mind, folks, if you're uber left and you don't agree with us on this topic that's fine I still like you I still respect you but I would defy you to show me the math that causes it to make sense look to the red states look to the blue states ask yourself which one of those two examples bettered the people within the populations the answer is clear clear as a bell so that's I just I think that's education kind of because they get it they got it what do you think Miles Bauer
2: oh yeah it was amazing how stark the differences were between the blue states and the red states when it came to COVID. And, and recovery. It, it really gave you insights into what our friends from the wrong side, side of the aisle or how they go about thinking.
1: And what's, and what's really telling about it is if you look to the numbers of people fleeing Michigan and the numbers of people seeking refuge, in Florida, I think that tells a big story. It just does, and I listen. I'm I say this very respectfully. Good for the Detroit News to step outside their normal comfort zone, center left, to actually articulating uh, the, the circumstance. And by the way, they identified candidate Tudor uh, Tudor Dixon as somebody that would be a consensus-building leader. And I think that's exactly what we need, is a consensus building leader. Um, I think that was a big deal. So that was that. was that. Listen, one of the things, Miles, I saw on your list, actually two more. I'm, I'm trying to jump the gun on you because there are topics that I had on mine. Back when we were doing interviewing, we interviewed Ronna Romney McDaniels, then who was the state chairperson of the Michigan State Republican Party. We interviewed her a number of times. Now she's the RNC um, chairperson. And um, the, when we were interviewing her, as you'll recall, Miles, it was the lead-up to the uh, to the Republican primary when Cruz and Trump, et cetera, were yeah, heading she, into that.
2: We uh, witnessed you and I going at it.
1: Absolutely. But listen, yeah. I, I think lots of folks... We're going at it like like we saw, um, right. and in her family, one of the things I'd asked her, "What do you do with the Romney family?" and the and she joked, she says, "Difference between her father's family and her mother's family," and we were forecasting what's your Thanksgiving gonna look like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a fun series of interviews right. with her, but and then the other one you talked about was. The Russian lady, and I've often referred to her in episodes ever since then, the lady, uh, her name is Jana Konechi. She was born in the Soviet Union, left the summer following the flag coming down. The Soviet flag was lowered on Christmas Day, I think 1991. She came uh, in the summer of the following year. Keeping in mind, this lady had a, a, a degree in ballistic missile technology She now writes, she authors books in a second language. To your point earlier on, Lud, I have a tough time writing in my own language. And back then we were doing three quarter hours. That's how the show was done on a time clock. First, the first segment, she was talking about what it was like to be a youngster in the Soviet Union. And in the second segment, what it was like to be a young mother... Um, married, working in the Soviet Union. And in the third segment, I, I'll never forget this. I said, Jonna, we've been talking about your life so far. Now, you've been in America for a while. What do you see? She said, That's what I've been telling you for the last 40 minutes. Folks, it sent a shiver down my spine. I'm just telling you, it was a big, big show changer for me. It was an education. Speaking of education, it was a big education. Um, Lud any more before we run out of...
0: Yeah, my my best memory and, and continues you, even today. You're
1: going to say something nice this time?
0: No. I was going to, but now I'm not. No, my favorite part of doing this is that I get to be with you every week as one of my good friends. I come to you about everything with advice, and you're like the dad I never wanted.
1: Uh, he's, <laughs> he, he's the son that the good Lord was good enough... Not to give me. Yeah. Copyright infringement there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but seriously, being able to be here every week with you is, is great. Even when things aren't good around me, I come here and, and get to to be with you and enjoy the time. So, And Miles, it's been great to get to know you over the years. And Sarah, unfortunately, it looks like you you and the sisters are stuck with me for
1: a while. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, you kind of touched, first off, very kind. Thank you for saying that. It's been very good with all three of you and now with Jared. For me, throughout the last two or three years of that, I had a pretty bumpy ride with my health. One of the magic things about a radio, I don't know how this is, I heard Rush Limbaugh talk about it often, you sit down in front of the microphone, and all that stuff, it just melts away for that period of time. And folks, I give you the credit for that. Thank you, thank you very, very much. Jared, Miles, Ludwig, Sarah, thank you, mostly folks again. Thank you very much. Please reach out to me at themikehewittshow.com. You'll find me there, my email address. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot more of our relationship. Um, Final words? Congratulations. Yeah, and to you. Congratulations to all of you. (laughs) Sarah, it's very, very much an honor to have you here. We have a lot of fun with you. Folks, please, please be safe, and we will see you next week.